Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and thank you for joining me today. I hope you had a wonderful Resurrection Sunday and great time with your family and worshiping, and just all in all, had a wonderful weekend. Very nice to be back. We've got a fantastic week planned here at Faith Radio. We're starting our spring fundraiser tomorrow, and we've got a lot planned, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It always feels like homecoming when people gather and they tell stories about what Faith Radio has meant to them and the generous nature of people who support Faith Radio just astounds me every year. And tomorrow at 4 o'clock, there's going to be something extra special happening. That's all the tease I'm going to give. I'm going to tease it several more times. But tomorrow at 4, in particular, you don't want to miss. So anyway, to get the week started, I got my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, Patrick Albanese from the Albanese Institute. Patrick, welcome. Oh, thank you. Today at four, on the other hand. <laughs> today, uh, we can. Today. We just got to get yeah. through today at four, but tomorrow at four is going to be really a big deal. Don't miss. Don't miss today tomorrow at four. four. Skip away. It's, it's <laughs> the, the Albanese Institute for All Things Albanese, apparently. <laughs> and of course, it's tax day, Patrick, so I don't know. I can. Why don't I take on the, the role of the government? And I'll ask you a few questions, all right? Oh, fantastic. All right, I'll play I'll play the government. All right, you owe us money. It's you called taxes. Always get to, you always get to play the government. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my show, so I get to yeah, play government. that's true. You owe us uh, money. It's called taxes. Okay, great. Uh, and how much uh, How much do I owe? Well, you have to figure that out. Okay, can I just pay any amount I want? No, no. We know exactly how much you owe, but you have to guess that number, too. What, so what if I get it wrong? You, my friend, go to prison. <laughs> That was fantastic. I didn't, uh, you know, it's it's amazing. It's it's like a test, isn't it? Yeah. They say, here, fill out all these forms, enter all this stuff. By the way, we already have all this information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better so, not. Yeah, we're just checking to see if you're going to be honest. Yeah. Because uh, so uh, it's it's a scary honor system. It's so you weird. Know, it's a, I remember a story I saw on 60 Minutes. It must have been 15 years ago. And the experiment was, was they took... Uh, a person's tax returns to six different accounting firms just to see if they were going to come back the same. And they were all quite different. There was no conformity between six different firms. I am here to tell you, uh, I duplicated that experiment this past week by trying out three different online. Really? (laughs) Well, because... uh, so there were I, there were a couple of mistakes that happened throughout the year that uh, suddenly saddled me with a, a a somewhat onerous, shall we say, tax bill. I like that. Word and I, I thought, well, there there must be a, there must be a mistake. And uh, I tried a different software program, and then the number went up. So, I was, <laughs> <laughs> so that one was out. So then I, I switched over to one, and fortunately, they let you fill things out before you make the purchase. Nice. So I went to the more pricey version that said, we can find things. We are good. 
we are going to find things. And it was much more expensive than the other ones, but I didn't have to pay ahead of time. And then the number went up even higher. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I'll go with the cheap one that says I still owe a lot in, instead of the real expensive one that says I owe more. Um, and I thought, how can this be that three different software programs, and all I did was put the same numbers in, but they all came up with something different. Mm, it should so all be the same. I, it should be. I have absolutely no idea what is about to happen to me, but <laughs> I, as, I assume you have my back on this. I do. I will cover for yeah. you, or at least visit okay. you in prison. So anyway. <laughs> that's covering for yeah, you. That's yeah, that is. So yeah. I hope you had a nice uh, resurrection uh, Sunday. Uh, the tomb is empty, so lockdowns don't work. Lockdowns don't work. This was uh, one of the first lockdowns, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, what did what did they put? A dozen guards up there? I think so. And I I think the stone that was rolled in front of the tomb I heard was roughly twelve hundred pounds. That's so, uh, that's a big stone. Yeah, that's yeah. You're not uh, you're not going to move that one by yourself. No. Uh, you know, you twelve hundred pounds. And then they put the guards there. They put them in in shifts. I imagine that the motivation for these guards uh, to make sure that nothing happened was probably quite high. Very. You know, because you figure that the powers that be said, do not, under any circumstances, <laughs> let anybody go in or anybody come out. Don't let anything happen. Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, you saw what happened to the guys uh, just the other day. In fact, we had quite a few of them there. You'll join them. I, I, you know, I don't think these guys were working a Sunday shift because it paid time and a half. No, <laughs> it's not like a, I'd like to do that. I'll do the guard duty. Their life was at you, risk. Yeah, your life was at risk, and they scrambled. You know, I, I, enough happened that you, you, it has to make you question: what could possibly take somebody that highly motivated and make him say, "I'm out of here," mm -hmm. and they go into hiding? Yeah. And as I understand it, did they not go to, you know, some of the religious leaders who said, we'd really appreciate it if you would not, you know, ixnay on the angels. Because <laughs> <laughs> they spoke the pig Latin. I guess, back then. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you had, to, you had to think that, that uh, anybody that spoke up, that there were some very powerful people that said, you keep that quiet. Yeah. We, because this is the whole reason that we did what we did is to squelch this. And they couldn't keep quiet. They couldn't keep it quiet. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 11 of the 12 disciples that were pretty much, you know, per, they sort of disappeared on, on Good Friday, didn't they? They mm -hmm. said, you know, this is getting a little bit heavy for me. So something now happens that takes all these men that ran away and converts them. And they say, I will now die for this cause. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's such a it's it's so great. It's it's if you do need more proof that something, because people don't suddenly become that brave. They just don't. At least I don't. I know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, I think I sent you something, and I, I see if I can find it again real quick. It was. Uh... By the way, I was in a video at church yesterday, and I played one of the Roman guards. Oh, you did. I did, and I did not. I did not alert my family that I was going to be in the uh, church video, and we went to the seven o'clock service. Speaking of Resurrection Sunday, it was not easy getting them awake for that. Mm -hmm. But we love to go to the early service, and uh, I'm all excited because I said, "Well, this will be such a great surprise for my wife and my kids." And the video comes up, and they go, oh, "Here's a very nice video," and then I appear in it, and they start to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's a very serious video. I said, "You're laughing at me." 
they say, no, 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 it's great. You're fantastic. <laughs> You're... So they, yeah, they laughed at me. Uh, and, and my wife said, well, look behind us. There's a kid sitting behind us that keeps looking at you because he looks at the TV screen and looks back at you, looks at the screen, and he's a little bit puzzled because how did this guy get, he was up there, he's, how's he down here? So I, that's their excuse for laughing at, mm-hmm. at dad. And I love the Chuck Colson quote uh, about the resurrection. And he said, I know the resurrection is a fact and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 (laughs) apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. I, I, I love that quote. It, it, and not only did they keep a lie, it's a, a, as apostles are losing their lives over this and they see what's happening to their brothers. You know, it, it, I mean, how could they, they were, if it were a lie, why would they keep it? Why would they say, well, look, did you see what happened? Right. Did you just see what happened to our good friend we used to hang out with? I'm, and now they're coming after me. So nobody keeps a lie like that. Yeah. It had to be the truth. Mm-hmm. It had to be the truth. I, I just, I love that quote. Yeah, it's He's so right. good. Yeah, it's yeah. So Watergate good. fell apart because these guys couldn't keep a story straight. You say, so obviously it had to be the truth. It was the truth. Mm-hmm. Great quote. It's yeah. a great quote. And you think of C.S. Lewis's argument, the trilemma is, you know, Jesus claimed to be the son of God. He either was who he says he was. He was a liar or he was a lunatic. And I can't think of anyone who was a liar that has had, uh, you know, the sales of 100 million books a year. Yeah, and or been able to have people dedicate their lives. Uh, but well, and if he was a liar, he lied himself into an early grave mm. in, at, at considerable cost and pain and suffering. Well, but liars yeah. don't do that. No, they sent, no. yeah, he, he claimed to be the son of God. That's why they killed him. And turns out he was. So anyway, I I, I hope you had a great uh, uh, day on Sunday, and I hope your family had a great great time as well. We're going to take just a little break. We'll be right back with lots more Patrick Albanese as we get our week started. And remember, the big tease is tomorrow at 4. You're not going to want to miss. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. That music belongs to Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Got a nice little text from my wingman, Terry. Uh, Patrick, he said, Bill, the higher-ups telling the Roman guards at the tomb to tell a different story than what really happened. Was this the genesis of mainstream media? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, that was uh, fake news. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. really, really fake news. Wow. And and yet they couldn't keep the story suppressed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Truth has a funny way of working like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. You can't, you can't keep it down. You can't keep the truth out. Yeah. 
And if you have so, not uh, finished your taxes today, I'm not talking to you in general, but to my listeners, of course, you've got till midnight tonight. And if you're Elon Musk, you only paid $11 billion, uh, in taxes. I know. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the whole tax thing gets crazy because you hear people saying, well, let's just raise this tax and the corporations don't pay taxes. But I was talking to a friend who owns a you know business and he was saying, you know, one of those tax things, you know, oh, they should raise taxes on companies. I said, and what would you do with your prices if they raised your taxes? He didn't think it meant him. I'm a small <laughs> company. <laughs> he says, well, I'd raise my prices. I go, okay. So I don't know if that's just the simple answer. It's never as simple as just, you know, doing anything. Uh, you know, I, I part of my suffering this year is they advanced me a tax credit. I, and then they said, we want that back, please. Ooh, that kind of <laughs> hurt, didn't it? Oh, I should have I should have paid attention. It was one of those too good to be true things. You said this is neat, free money. <laughs> <laughs> I fell for the free money bit. Yeah, you should never do that. Yeah, but uh, oh, I don't. You know, it's uh, you know how it is. You pay them. You're happy to see. I mean, I would. I live in a great little city that works extremely well. I, I not only do I not mind paying my like my property taxes here. I look at the great education my kids are getting. I see the schools are really still excellent. You know, my my streets great. Uh, the town's great. I said, yeah, I'm I'm getting my money's worth here. I'm getting my money's worth here. Yeah, you've got a a nice little community that you live in. You got a great church that you love, and I don't know. Yeah. Family life seems to be pretty good for the Albany household, which is it an is. encouraging I mean, thing. Yeah, we've been getting up early, and ever since my son broke his wrist, he hasn't been able to do much else. So, you know, I dusted off that old telescope I had that I went on a game show in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize you could look at things. You could look at things. I did. I went on a game show in 1980. It was one of the, I got money and they said, and here's a bucket of chicken. They gave me a bunch of uh, Kentucky fried chicken buckets, uh, like but, a plastic one and with coupons in it and a telescope. And so he's gotten into astronomy, but right now to see the planets, you have to get up at five and I'm usually up anyway, but it, it sort of throws my day because... I've got an 11-year-old saying, let's go. Saturn's out. Let's That's go cool. Saturn. That's cool. And I've... And you you, you got to connect with your kids. Yeah. yeah. I've said many times, you're, you're a oh. great dad, and you always uh, are there for your kids. And you sent me this very interesting uh, YouTube video of a guy whose fa father left him, abandoned the family when the kid was 14. So after he became an adult, yeah. he, he launched a YouTube channel called Dad, How Do I? question mark and teaches kids to do things that a dad would normally teach them uh tying a tie shaving you know a bunch of other stuff and he's only had 18 yeah, million views only 18 million <laughs> well you know i think maybe people always you know think that they had a pretty good childhood but there's there's some corrections they'd like to make if i have kids here's a couple of things i won't do that my mom and dad did and, and i was never quite like that there were there were things i wanted to hopefully never have happened. Like, uh, where's some of the most, what's one of the most disappointing, one of the, well, I just gave it away. What's one of the things you never want to hear your your dad say to you is, son, I'm disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. You know how that, that, that one hurts. And, and uh, I, I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if I could have a, a kid, a couple of kids, uh, and, and, and that phrase doesn't come out. Mm. And I was doing pretty good, but the other day we did have an incident and so there we were sitting there and my son is there and he says, dad, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs>
I was, I thought, that, oh, I was so close. Yeah. So close. Yeah. And still, it was rained upon me. <laughs> oh, that's very yeah. funny. I, I love that guy's website. I think it's, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I like his technique for shaving. I don't use shaving cream. I yeah. just use bar soap. But Yeah. yeah. But he's oh. giving the kids a jumping off place. But it's uh, important the dads be present. It's important the dads uh, take their kids through all of those difficult phases in life, especially those adolescent years. And I know that's uh, very critical for kids as they're kind of developing their identity and trying to find out who they are. And they're going through all those bodily changes. And it's pretty important to have dad right by this, right by your side. Yes, yeah, so, you know, especially it's somebody who's been through things and can say this here's what's normal you know don't don't think that you're experiencing well how old do you think you were when you started to realize that stuff that you experienced and felt millions and millions and millions of people before you had felt that you weren't actually all that unique in that regard Hmm. were you were you were you you haven't had that yet (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah no, but, you know, I, I, I might, it might not have been till you know, my 30s where I started to really realize everything I feel somebody else has felt. Sure. Everything. Every last thing. Every question I've asked, somebody else has asked. And uh, maybe that means that somebody has the answers. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's how you get led to Christ sometimes. Because, you, you know, those of us that didn't believe at one point in time, think we're so much more clever than anybody else, right? We say, well, I'm too smart to fall for this. And you think that you have the questions. You say, oh, I'll sit down with a pastor. Boy, will he be stumped. <laughs> and then, yeah, I know, I know the arrogance, isn't, yeah. it? isn't it silly? And then you sit down with people that have knowledge and you think, oh, they're stumping me. They, I, I, what do I know? Why, why did I think I knew? Why did I think I knew that? Why did I think I had all the answers? And I don't, I don't have the answer to that, which is a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> but the people that would say, well, I'm, I'm kind of too smart for faith or I'm too, I'm too scientific or, you know, really when they play the smart card, that might've worked on me when I was yeah. 23. But at my age now, I know a lot of really smart people. And I hate to tell you this, pal, but mm-hmm. you're not on that list. <laughs> I mean, you're on the kind of smart list. You're on the yeah. You're you know. on the you're on the smart list. But I mean, I know you're some really list. smart people. Yeah. And when you play was, the when you play the I'm yeah. too smart card, I go oh, yeah. eh, whatever. Let's have more. Let's pretty, have more good dialogue. I was pretty happy to hit the somewhat clever list. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was yours. You said I think you just made this somewhat clever list. I yeah. never solved the problem you had, and you said you are somewhat clever. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat. But, you know, there's a great illustration in Christianity where you draw a circle and you say, this is all the information that you could know in life. Now, color in how much of it you know. And, you know, most of the time people put one dot inside that circle. So I think at some point you have to realize what you know um, is not as much as what you don't know. Yeah, you know, it's funny, doing this uh, astronomy with my son you start to see the, the, the majesty of the universe and you say, well, just, you know, as you zoom out and you see the Milky Way galaxy and then you'll, you'll see, well, this is just one galaxy with billions and billions and billions of, I sound like Carl Sagan, of stars and planets and all kinds of things going on in it. And they think there might be two trillion of them. Hmm. You say, 
okay, that's pretty big. <laughs> and to think that I can understand anything about how uh, all of this works. I, I, I imagine, I know we've talked about this in the past, where you'd probably take the smartest guy on this topic and he'd say, oh, if, if I know 1% of what there is to know, I'd be surprised. Mm -hmm. And I, yet there are some areas we just say, I know everything I need. You know? Yeah. I mean, we, we live on a, on a giant sphere that's spinning about, what, 1,000 miles an hour while it's orbiting a gargantuan yeah. fireball at about 67,000 miles an hour in a solar yeah. system that's traveling around the Milky Way at about 500,000 miles an hour while the galaxy yeah. is hurling through space at 1.3 million miles an hour. And we kind of mm -hmm. go, oh, ho-hum. Yeah, and we go, oh, that explains the vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that explains why I can't stand up on one foot. Yeah. That's it. It's not my fault. <laughs> I don't have a balance problem. The universe is moving too swiftly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But these yeah, phenomenal yeah. facts, and we, we sort of go, ho-hum. It's amazing. Ho-hum. Well, well, we kind of do. Well, for years, I would walk out, and, I, and sometimes in the morning, I might look in the morning sky, it's still dark out, and I'd say, look at that bright star. And I found out just the other day, I said, no, that's Venus. That's a whole other planet. And I've actually gotten to the point now where my son says, you see that up there? You see that little thing, that bright thing? That's Saturn nearly a billion miles away, and you can see it with your naked eye certain times of the year. And I said, that's been available to me my whole life. And I just normally walk out and say, I, there's nothing to see. <laughs> no, there's, no, there's, there's nothing but majesty to see, nothing right. but glorious creation to see. Mm -hmm. So much fun. Yeah. It's a good way to live. Yeah, it's a great way to live. So I've been yeah. teasing it out a little bit. Now, not that you're not important, because you certainly are, but 4 o'clock tomorrow is going to yeah. be kind of a big deal here at Faith Radio, just so you know. Well, uh, the only thing that might catch my attention, I'm just going to throw this out there, uh, right. is if you had Gomer Pyle on there, no, and he says Shazam and actually turns into a superhero this time. Because <laughs> <laughs> it never happened. You're 100% no. wrong. That's not going to happen. 100% wrong. Yeah. That yeah. would be pretty cool, though, you have to admit. Yeah, it'd be, it'd yeah. be quite cool. Be very wow. cool. But anyway, I yeah. think you, my friend, should tune in tomorrow at four just to see what I'm talking about. You gotta I be, will tune you gotta in be interested in what I'm saying, right? Well, the tease is working on me. Oh, good. Because and you haven't told me anything about it. I haven't. Uh, you know, for I've, those for I've those listeners out there who think we're actually good friends that share stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bill has given me nothing. This is the first I'm hearing nothing. about the big, su the big surprise nothing. tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. Um, so and so, that's the start of Share Week. Um, you're kicking off with a with let me, a big let me thing? check let me check with Rosie. Rosie, does the spring fundraiser start tomorrow? Hmm. Huh. Huh. Yeah. I think, I it, think does. it does. I I'm so glad I checked with her. But right? yeah, it's absolutely I think it starts it tomorrow. Yep. I see. Yeah. And does does Rosie know what the big surprise is tomorrow at four o'clock? I don't think she does. I might know. She might know. And yeah. I might she ain't talking. Charge okay. you. She ain't talking. Oh, I don't oh, know. For fee from Patrick, I could yeah. give a little hint. <laughs> All yes. right. All right. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for hanging with me, and have a um, good tax day. Uh, I'll do my best. Get it I done. Got to Get it signed. 23 and a half hours till the big surprise, so good. I'm hanging on. All right. All right. See you later. Bye. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. Get things started, and thanks to him, we're off to a good start. Take a little break, and then uh, the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B., that's the three. Be right back.
Welcome to the Monday Afternoon Mix. I'm stalling a little bit just to give Pastor David Miles a chance to <laughs> catch I'm, his I'm ready, breath. Man. I, I was like, I was jamming to this this sweet jazz. I know you horns. were, but you did run in here to the studio pretty oh, quickly. Oh man, what a wonderful day. Isn't God good? Amen. That Amen, was the closest brother. that was the closest arrival yet. Yeah. Ten seconds before we went on air. I know. Oh my goodness. Like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. So So we're talking about the resurrection today. Oh my goodness, we're Super talking Bowl. about the Super Bowl Christianity. I mean, seriously, I mean, is, right? that, it. is that like actually like being sacrilegious to, you know, to God and what he's done? I mean, because it's so much greater than that, but I guess I'm putting in a, a very American context that we can understand. You're making it relatable. Relatable. Right? Yes. Because we all, we, we, we make feasts, we make plans, we have parties, people wear their gear for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? Yep. And... So this weekend we had feasts, we had parties. I don't know if anybody was wearing resurrection gear, but, you know, that's just reserved go. for Jesus. So what was going on at Rosie's house this weekend? Oh, my weekend? goodness. So. It was so because of my husband's health, we've kind of um, were shut down for most of COVID. So it was our family's first gathering in two years. So we had 30 people. Um, I was able to uh, give the resurrection story to several kids who haven't heard it before which was fun through Resurrection Eggs. That was really fun. So oh, that's great. Yeah, it was great. And the food, I have to admit, was really good. And yes, I made it. You did? I have to, yeah, it was so fabulous. <sighs> nice. Ooh, how about you, Bill? Oh, it was a wonderful day. All was uh, great. And yeah, it was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sweet. so joyful. It's the most joyful day ever. I mean, like, seriously. I mean, like, it's <laughs> it's the uh, it's the game changer of humanity. It mm-hmm. is. Like, it is. I mean, like those, you know, those ratios, one to one, you know, man is born, man will die. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the constants for everyone. And no matter, you know, where you go, what religion, but only in biblical Christianity, do you have Jesus who said, you know what, I'm going to live, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to die on a cross and on the third day, I'm going to raise from the dead. And he did. And our, our entire history and our eternity is greatly impacted by that. And I mean, today... April 18th, tax day, um, in AD, the year of our Lord. I mean, like, so, so much is um, structure around it. People are driving right now, passing roads, like, you know, um, that are roads, Bethsaida and others, and hospitals that were created and named because of this one person, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is just amazingly cool. And so attending universities that... Seems secular, but we're designed to give glory to God. Yes, very much so. So we're going to break down John chapter 11 in five words. Oh, my goodness. Is that what guys. we're doing today? So, you know, I just got to give props where props, you know, belongs to. And this this is, uh, I did our Good Friday service um, and Pastor Matthew St. John at New Hope Church. New Hope! <laughs> Because we give new hope, and Jesus is new hope, and you know, uh, but did a message on the resurrection, and he talked about these beautiful five words of despair, um, despair, declaration, demonstration, difference, and decision. Um, you know, and it was just really powerful. But can I just make a quick comment? You know, leading up to the resurrection, you know, Jesus had a pretty bad night. And uh, he was betrayed by his friends, left by his homeboys. He was taken to the to the ex-high priest's house, Ananias, you know, beaten up there, taken to Caiaphas' house for the 
meeting before the meeting and you know some of us have been in those where there's the meeting before the real meeting mm -hmm. and that's what happened and the next day he's brought before the sanhedrin the ruling party you know and they're like you know are you the christ and he's like you know the son of yes i am you know and you'll see the son of man um who, which is representative of his full humanity and then he spoke about the Son of God. And why is that important, guys? Because in Luke 22, if, if any of your unbelieving friends say like, oh, you know, the resurrection and Jesus saying he was God is something, um, you know, that his followers made up afterwards, after he died. And no, I mean, him saying that he was God, that he was the I am, and him making himself equal with God is the very reason why they crucified him. And so Jesus made it very clear. And it was, it, was, it was like, yeah, blasphemous in their eyes for a human being to compare themselves to the holy Yahweh. But the proof was in the pudding yesterday morning, many mm -hmm. years ago, when they went to that tomb and it was empty. And the, the angel said, you know, he's not here. You know, uh, he's risen. So, so that... That's the great confidence, you know, leading into our conversation on John chapter 11 um, that, that deals with the subject of despair, uh, that opens up with the story of, you know, M Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And uh, Lazarus is a good friend of the family, and he dies. And what's incredible about this is that Jesus actually stays a few days longer where he's at, and he says in verse 4, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And uh, we know in our listening family that when it comes to the word despair, a number of people have felt that. You know, we've experienced that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rosie, you were saying earlier about your family and your husband being at home because of your husband's condition. Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting. I always say it wrong. But there's a wonderful book that you wrote mm -hmm. that I think would be poignant and important for our people to know the title of because it's part of your story and journey. And mm -hmm. I think it's planning. It's a praying for healing while planning a funeral. Yes. Yeah. That's where we were at. Yeah. And so that, that despair, like looking at your lifelong love and best mm -hmm. friend and father of your children, and it's like, oh, my goodness, like you have a terminal illness. Mm -hmm. um, and so people who are driving, guys, they've experienced that despair, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I like where you started, David. I, I do want to get through these five points. As we are looking in John chapter 11, you've got five points. They all start with the letter D. Uh, so this is going to be easy for us to uh, <laughs> to review and to remember. So we started with despair. Can we move on to declaration? Yeah, so despair actually... It kind of continues, and I, I loved how, um, you know, a man much wiser than me, my fellow, you know, preaching under shepherd, uh, you know, just shared because, like, Lazarus dies. And and all of us, it's appointed once for man to die and then to stand for judgment, it says in Hebrews 9.27. Um, but Jesus shows up, and Martha comes out, and she's like, if you would have been here, Lord, my brother wouldn't have died. And, you know, people have echoed that many times, you know. I'm sure we can fill in the blank on our own experiences. So that despair is really real. And then you have this declaration, um, and Jesus says, you know, uh, 
Martha, your brother will rise again. And she says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her in verse 28, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And so, you know, that is just this, this, this very clear declaration of who Jesus is as a resurrection and life. He's not a, just like a good moral teacher. And as some t-shirts say, he's not just your homie. You know, he is the resurrection and the life. That's his declaration. The demonstration of that is what we celebrated yesterday in the resurrection, that Jesus truly raised from the dead. And it changed all of human history. Mm-hmm. It changes everything because that tomb is empty. And the truth of the matter is, Arnold Toybee once said, he said, if you find the body of that dead Jew, Christianity crumbles to its foundation. Because without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Exactly. There is. There is none. And, and the truth of the matter is that Jesus, he rose from the dead and in 1 Corinthians 15, it says that he appeared to Peter, to the 12, to 500 witnesses. And when he's writing that, Paul's writing that, and he's like, many of those people were alive, meaning like when you have a court case, you put witnesses up. He's like, go check. You can go talk to people. Like they, it, it wasn't some sort of mass hallucination. You know, we saw Jesus. And Paul says to me, when untimely born, because he persecuted the church and tried to kill it, and then he confronts and meets Jesus on the Damascus Road, he says, I've seen him, and my life was transformed. And so you see this demonstration happen. And because of that, guys, that is the difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, that truly is the difference. Because what are some ways that people think that they can get to heaven and be right with God? Oh, works, I suppose, right? Like people think that they can do, have enough faith and by faith, me meaning, you know, they're at their Bible study, they're doing everything correct, you know, so it's actually a law-based works, you know, if they're a good person. They adhere to the principles of a religious institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they obey those, they are under the impression that they have satisfied some requirement, mm-hmm. and, have, and have satisfied God, so therefore they should get into heaven. Mm-hmm. And people will think, like, you know, if I, if I do enough good to outweigh the bad, and, uh, you know, I remember years ago um, of, of talking through, like, uh, evangelism explosion, they would ask the question, like, you know, just imagine you wake up in the morning and, like, you commit, like, one sin, you know, in your mind. So you do one in the morning, one at noon, and one in the evening. Well, that's three a day. But over a year, that's like, you know, a thousand. And over a lifetime of 70 years, that's 70,000. So like, what judge could you stand before with 70,000 offenses and say, hey, you know, nah, not a big deal. I mean, like, you can sit, you can put that before an eighth grader <laughs> acting as a judge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Lord forbid if you had taken that eighth grader's or that little eight-year-old's Cadbury eggs, oh, seriously, all bets are off. You're taking the Cadbury egg, you know, you're, you're gone. That's a done deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we think that we can stand before a holy and perfect God um, with that. And, and the reality is that um, 
The Bible says all our good deeds in Isaiah are like filthy rags. And, and you know, upon all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But that's, that's the good news is that that's not the end. You know, the, for the wages of sin is death, but, but, but what? I think, I think maybe we'll come back and talk about the but what. All right. <laughs> I like that. It's a good, te- a good tease, the but what. <laughs> I'm staying out of this. Yeah, it's just, I, I, it's just way I, too I dangerous for me. I recommend you do. <laughs> this is a Monday Afternoon Mix, Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. We're talking about... In John 11, there's five words, despair, declaration, demonstration, different, and decision. We're covering them all. We'll be right back. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. Smooth. Smooth. <laughs> I just head bop to this music. I just love it. I do. I mean, seriously, I love a little jazz and it just... Makes four out of five people happy. Four out of five. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good enough for me. Four out of five. Four out of five. That yeah. works. <laughs> that works. Four out of five is great. It is. You know, music, jazz, I mean, it's, I like it, it but, it, you know, music is like ice cream. Everybody likes it, but there's some flavors you don't care for as much right and some yeah. people you know are super eclectic and they're like you know what i like baskin robbins all 31 flavors but those are few and far between right you don't other... those are pretty much that's pretty much me though that's you i yes if somebody especially if somebody else likes music like my sons love christian rap mm-hmm. i've be, i've become accustomed i'm kind of liking it now i, <laughs> I hear what they hear but it's not my first Dude, yeah. love love it and some of these guys i mean like their their music is just like so incredibly just deep. And I mean, because like you have like cross movement, you have Lecrae, you have a number of guys mm-hmm. who've studied theologically. And so when they're rapping, I mean, like some of, you know, some of their, their music, um, cross movement, speaking about Jesus being the great I am, they have a song called I Am That I Am. And it's talking about Jesus being the great I am. And seriously, you have to like read the lyrics as you're going along because it's just like, whoa. So... Definitely. And one of my favorite things to do with my sons is to, to go to Christian rap, rap concerts and stuff and, and worship events. So, mm. Well, you you had a lively exchange with Rosie during the break. Oh, my goodness. You're going to yeah. need to recreate that. Rosie is a bomb. And so, like, we were talking about, <laughs> like, uh, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but, and we had said earlier that the Bible says it's appointed once for man to die and then to stand for judgment. And you know, Rosie, you were talking about just what the real experience for Mary, Martha, mm-hmm. and Jesus in that moment was, and that was really neat, and I, I think our family would be blessed to hear that. Well, um, so, David, as we were talking about and Bill, I've always related to Martha in this scene because she had enough faith for Jesus to do healings, but it was she hadn't seen somebody being raised from the dead, so Jesus was going to show her something extremely new. Like she had enough faith, like if you could have been here, this could have happened. 
So she was having a layer removed of her awareness and her faith was growing because now she was going to see her her brother be raised from the dead. But what what I always have such empathy for the apostles because that's Jesus doing it. So even when he's talking about I'll raise from the dead, they're probably thinking, but who's going to raise you? Right. Right? Like, so they were going to be mystified yet again. And I totally get that because I think in our my own faith walk, God reveals himself and then he takes me deeper and he reveals himself again. And it's always beyond what I could physically explain with my eyes. You know, it, it's happening at a, at a different level. And so I appreciate Martha having enough faith, but then not quite getting the whole story yet. Yeah. I mean, like when we really just let ourselves enter in to that, like you're saying, Rosie, um, it, it changes things because we're so used to like reading the beginning of the chapter and oops, scooping down to the very end and saying, oh yeah, this is how, how it goes. But in that moment, you know, of waiting and, you know, Rosie with, you know, you and your husband's wonderful book, I mean, like that's part of praying for a miracle while planning a funeral. I mean, like it's very much that you're way. like, you're in verse 12. Yeah. And, and what God does isn't until like verse 47, but like from verse 12 to verse 46, that tension, you know, it, it's real and, and it's raw. And, you know, you know, Rosie, what would you say to someone right now? They're driving home or they're listening in and right now they're on verse 13 mm-hmm. and they're feeling like, man, I am, I think this is the end. Like how would mm-hmm. you've been there? Like, how would you encourage them but what you just shared about Martha, too, right? For, for that person who's in that place. That's such an interesting um, position to be in, for one. And my heart breaks because I think in order to be in that place and to be able to walk in that place, you have to accept the sovereignty of God first. You have to say, I'm going to be praying for a miracle for myself, for my loved one, for somebody I know. And I am praying that it will come to pass based on what I know of God but in his sovereignty, he may have a different plan for the betterment of others. And I have to accept that first. Once you get to that place of acceptance, then you can fight like I cannot tell you from the place of, and my God can do this mm-hmm. in his sovereignty. So if you're, if you're trying to have God be Santa, you, it's a difficult place to stand in. But if you accept his end result, but you're going to fight like heck until you have his end result, then, then it's a better place. It's a more foundational and how was it so like completely different for you? Because it's one thing to be in that place where it feels like death is the end. Mm-hmm. And it's an, another thing to be in that place hearing Jesus say, I'm the resurrection and the life mm-hmm. and seeing him demonstrate that. So even as you're praying for a miracle and planning a future, knowing that Jesus mm-hmm. is the resurrection, like how how did that bring comfort and just a different perspective for those who don't yeah. have that belief? Well, I I think it's it's always mining for the root to that. And for myself and my husband and my family, it was the root was trust. Do you really trust that if you don't receive what you are asking for, that God has something that He will do because He is the resurrection and the light? And you know, that is a sacred place to sit. And I've prayed with many people whose loved ones have gone home that were in the same position that I was in. And I've also seen people not go home. Yeah. And and so you show up every time trusting that God in his sovereignty has your best in mind, even though it looks very difficult and very different. 
than what you had planned. Yeah, I remember at one point, um, you know, we were praying about possibly moving further away from the Midwest uh, as a family. And um, my mom's health was kind of, you know, so-so. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember um, saying to her, I said, you know, Mom, you know, maybe moving further. And I'm like, you know, how are you feeling about this? You know, and um, my mom, she paused and she said to me, she said, baby, we're going to be together for eternity. She mm-hmm. goes, you follow God and take care of your family. And mm-hmm. she just laughed when she said it. But that that statement has zero bearing in reality or trust if Jesus is not the resurrection right. and the life. And so, um, you know, I, I, I said to my mom, I said, you know, mom, uh, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years a day. And I said, you know what that means? I said, you'll blink and I'll be home. Right. Like literally, it's like you blink and and I'm home. And, and there's there's a hope in that. And so, so because of that, what Jesus says to, you know, Martha and then later to Mary about being the resurrection life, that makes that makes the complete difference in all of these things. And because Jesus probably came and said, I am, I am the son of God. I am the son of man, fully divine, fully human. I am the Messiah, the anointed one. So that when Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, and this brings us to the point of the difference, you know, Mm -hmm. it brings us to the point of the difference when, when it says in the NIV that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God, you know, that God is like literally making this appeal, it says, and he's saying, be reconciled to God. I mean, like, like seriously, he's perfect and holy. Our ledger, our ledger's jacked up. Listen, I mean, like, imagine like your, your tax bill is the entire United States, you know, debt. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's where we're sitting and, and none of us can, can reconcile that. But God did that in Christ. And, you know, that's the difference. But it also introduces two other Ds that we didn't have in here, and it's doing and done. Because all of, all of faith comes down to two things. All world religions, faith, you know, mantras, whole nine yards. It comes down to doing and done. Doing is what you do, like you guys were talking about earlier. It's what do you do to try to save yourself or what has been done to save you? And God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so as you're driving, as you're listening today, it comes to the last D, decision. What, what will you decide? I mean, God has given this peace treaty to be reconciled, and he's given his life as a sacrifice and became the resurrection of life so that you could have eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. So what, what say you? What, what says you today on, on April the 18th as you're driving? And, and can you think of any reason today not of giving your whole life and heart to this Jesus who is so faithful? And this is coming at, a, I think, a perfect time. Every opportunity to receive Christ is the perfect time. But especially if you had conversations over the weekend, mm-hmm. you had some uh, thoughts that, you're not at peace with God. You're not reconciled. You have not given your life to him. Couldn't be a more perfect time than today. 
today. I had coffee with a, a gentleman last week, and, uh, you know, God has just been doing some amazing things in his life. And, and he had said to me, you know, PDM, I actually had a point where I thought, you know what, this is for when I get older. You know, this is, this is, this is after. And then he began to realize, no, like, Lord, I, I need you and want you now, like right now. And he's like, I'm so glad that I made that decision. And, you know, I think for a number of times for people, as you talk to them, it's almost like, man, you know, like, you know, you try something and you're like, you get there and then you're like, why did I wait so long? And for some of you, you're waiting. And and as Bill just said, uh, and Bill concurs with Second Corinthians 6, he says, you know, working together with God, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. This is a grace moment right now. Right at this very moment, this is a grace moment. For God says, in a favorable time, I've listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I've helped you. God's listened to you cry out and ask, like, Lord, where are you? Lord, you know, please help. And he's saying, I'm sending you my very son. I'm not mm. sending you a thing or something else. I'm sending you your very best. So today is that day. Great Monday afternoon mix. Thank you very much, David. Rosie B., that was great. Mm-hmm. That's all the time, though, we have for Monday afternoon Mix, we're going to take a break. Dr. Glenn Pickering is joining me to talk about marriage. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.